your service there. And I guess you're going to have to wait to glory to get your reward. <laughs> That's what we've been singing. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're going to look at John chapter 20 this morning. We're going to ask the children to stay with us this morning. And uh, we'll give our children's workers one more Sunday off here. John chapter 20. I'm going to start with verse 1, read through verse 10, and then skip down to 19. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb while it was still dark, and she saw the stone already taken away from the tomb. And so she ran and came to Simon Peter, to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb. We do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and the other disciple, and they were going to the tomb. And the two were running together, and the other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first. And stooping and looking in, he saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Simon Peter therefore also came following him. He entered the tomb, beheld the linen wrappings lying there, and the face cloth which had been on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. So the other disciple who had first come to the tomb entered then also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. So the disciples went away again to their own homes. Then we're going to skip down to verse 19. When therefore it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples therefore rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus therefore said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. You forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. You ever have one of those sleepless nights when you just wish the dawn would come? I remember years ago up in Alaska, we had gone through a whole summer of camp and as we evaluated the camp we thought you know it would be great if we had a trail camp where we could take the teens out for several days hike through the wilderness and and make their way back to camp after several days of hiking we decided the only way that was going to happen is if somebody went ahead and laid out a trail and so three of us got together and said let's do it and we started out on our hike the the first day we were only going to be gone two days we came to the evening of the second day, or, uh, or as we were approaching the end of the second day, we had to go up over a, a pass and, and drop down into a creek bottom, and that creek was supposed to lead us back to camp. The only problem is this was one of those occasions where one of those maps happened to be wrong. There had, happened to be an extra canyon in there that didn't show on the map, and we had to go up over another pass and drop down into another creek before we could get home. And so we spent the last night out camping out under the stars. We were prepared for that, but the only problem was the stars weren't out that night. And the clouds came and the rain came. And we were huddled under a tarp trying to keep warm. And uh, you know, that was a long night waiting for the dawn. As soon as that first light came, we packed up and we had it. We didn't even fix breakfast. We headed for home. We thought we'd get a warm breakfast at home. 
the, the dawn was so welcome to us that night. In the scripture, we have two accounts woven together of individuals that went from darkness to dawn. Now, if you were in the sunrise service, we looked at the first one. We looked at Mary Magdalene and how she came in darkness and the truth, the reality of the resurrection dawned upon her. And, and she actually had that time with the resurrected Lord. The disciples also go from darkness to dawn. Uh, they confront the truth that he's missing in the first few hours. But for them, the dawn took a little bit longer to come. They had to wait until that evening before they really realized the reality of what had happened. We begin with their darkness. Like Mary, they come in the dark. They, though that, This was not their intent. Uh, I've got a feeling that maybe Mary got them out of their sleep. Uh, probably had a pound on the door to get them awake because they had no plans of going to the tomb that day. They had witnessed Joseph and Nicodemus wrapped Jesus in the linen cloths. They had seen the the spices. They they knew the job was finished. Now, the the ladies didn't think it was finished to their expectation that they were coming back, but not the disciples. They, as far as they were concerned, it was finished. And then comes the news that something terrible has happened. The body of Jesus is gone. And so what do they do? They come running to the tomb they look in, they see the linen wraps, they see the face cloth rolled up, lying there beside the bed. It's amazing the details that were etched on their minds uh, as they, they witnessed the, the, the empty tomb and, and what the different ones saw and so forth as you, as you compare the, the four different accounts. But as they entered the tomb, they were still in the dark. They did not know that Christ had risen from the grave. There was a glimmer of hope, though. They did dare to go in. They were not sure what was happening, but John began to get a glimmer of hope that something really has happened, that he is perhaps alive again. John, the scripture says, believed. Peter wasn't sure about it yet. Uh, John didn't fully grasp the significance, and, and Peter, he just was not convinced. I think Peter was a little bit like Thomas. Remember, Thomas said, I'm not going to believe unless I see it. And Peter had to see the resurrected Lord before the dawn actually came into his life. Now, I don't want to be hard on Peter and John at this point in time. We look back at a completed fact. We know the resurrection. We've heard that story for, for years. They hadn't heard that story. They didn't know that he was alive and, and that he had come back from, from the grave. And yet, as I think of the disciples, I wonder, do we fully understand the fact that he's alive? Do we fully understand what is involved in his resurrection? Do we really believe the truth of, of what he did for us that day? We are told... Uh, or Paul prayed in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, that he would know Christ and that he would know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. The implication there is that Peter was, or Paul, excuse me, was still learning something about the power of his resurrection, the ability of his resurrection to change and, and transform their lives. Now, 
Notice that phrase in Philippians 3 is followed by the fellowship of his suffering. And sometimes it takes the trials. Sometimes it takes the the heartache that we go through. Sometimes it takes that time of suffering for us to really get a glimpse of the dawn, to really realize what he is able to do, to, to grasp the power of his resurrection. We are in a sin-darkened world. We are moving from earth to glory. I like what 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says in verse 18. It says, we are being what? Transformed from glory to glory. In other words, we are involved in a journey that's taking us from earth to, earth to heaven. And in the midst of that journey, we should be learning more and more of Jesus Christ. We should be learning more of his power. We should be experiencing more of him at work in our lives. We should go from glory to glory. And he goes on in chapter 4 there to say he's put within us the treasure. The, the glorious light of the gospel of Jesus Christ has been placed in us so that we can reveal that glory to the world. The hope of the resurrection his and it is for us today, John fourteen nineteen says, because I live, you shall live also. Do we live today? Do we really believe that he's alive? Do we let it change our hearts and, and our minds now? I realize 1 Corinthians 13, this isn't in your notes, but 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, today we see through a glass dimly or darkly. We only get a glimpse of, of what he is able to do. And praise the Lord, the day's coming when we're going to be face-to-face with him in glory, and we're going to see him in, in his fullness there. So there was a glimmer of hope for Peter and John as they came to the tomb, and then came the dawn. For them, the dawn didn't come in the morning. It came in the evening. Uh, I, you ever wonder what they did all day long? Wrestling with the implications of the missing body, wondering, is this true or isn't it true? Uh, it must have been a long day for them. They, they were waiting, in a sense, for the dawn. Mary had already experienced that dawn. So had the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Christ had met with them. He had opened the scriptures to them. He had revealed himself to them. They came and reported the news. But, you know, Peter and John, they just couldn't see that daylight yet. They just couldn't see the resurrected Lord. They were huddled in the upper room. The doors were shut and locked. And then suddenly, Jesus was there. How did he get into that room? Well, he's in his resurrected body now. The doors can't keep him out. Walls don't make any difference. He, he was suddenly there. It was no problem for him. I like verse 20 here as, as we look at the text. It says, he, he showed them his hands, his side. They rejoiced when they saw the Lord. This was the moment the truth dawned upon Peter and John and the other disciples that were gathered there with them. They suddenly saw the light that God wanted to reveal to them. What did they experience in that moment? Three things come out of this passage. First of all, they began to realize peace. Now, notice that phrase is repeated twice here. Peace I give unto, or peace be with you, verse uh, 21, and uh, comes out before, oh, it came out in verse 19 as well. Peace be with you. If something is repeated twice in a passage of scripture, 
You need to pay attention. It's important. There's a message in it for you if if it's at least repeated at least two times there. So there's a message for us in this today. They had experienced very little peace in the last several days. They had witnessed the crucifixion. They had witnessed the burial. They went through that long Sabbath day wondering what in the world was going to happen. Were they going to be the next ones that were going to be arrested and put on trial for their life? Uh, they had struggled with the reality that the body is gone. And I don't think it was a very pleasant day for them that, that day as they, they made their way through that day. And then Jesus comes and he simply says, peace be with you. Gone was the worries about the future. Gone was the fear of the circumstances. Gone was the sorrow that filled their hearts. Suddenly, they had peace in their hearts. Romans 5, 1 says, being justified by faith, we have what? We have peace with God. We can thank the Lord for that peace today. We don't need to look at the past and wonder what in the world's going to happen to us. The past has been taken care of on the cross. It, it's finished. Almost wish I had your slide up there, <laughs> but I don't. Uh, it, it's, it's done. It's done, and we can praise the Lord for that. And then in Philippians chapter 4, he assures us of the fact that in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And if we do that, he said, the peace of God will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Are you experiencing that peace today? You can because, as John 14 says in verse 19, because I live, you shall live also. Now, we like to put that off and think that's just referring to the day when we're with Christ in glory. But I think we begin to realize that peace, the reality of that peace today. It's for us today. We can come with our prayer, with our supplication, with our thanksgiving, and God is able to bring that peace into our hearts and with that comes the reality that someday he will see us safely home to glory. Someday we'll be face to face with him. We're not there yet, but we are being transformed from glory to glory. I like what the psalmist said in Psalm 56.3. It said, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Fears crowd into our life. They, they come our way. We had the the video of the storm there, and all of us can identify with that because we've all gone through storms. We've all gone through trials. We, we, we know what they're like, and, and, and we know the reality of that. But even in the midst of the storm, Jesus is there for us. I think of that as I think of the story of, of the flood that we've been looking at in Genesis. In, in, in the midst of all that was going on there, God was there for Noah. And you may be going through some difficult times today. You, you may be facing some questions and struggles. Let me assure you, as we looked at last week, he is there. He is with you. And he will walk through that, that valley or whatever it is. He will walk through it with him. And, and as you go through that time, he says, peace be with you. You can experience that peace of heart and mind today. And then the second thing that, he gave to them in that moment was purpose. Their life suddenly had a new meaning. They came to that upper room thinking it's finished. 
we have no hope, we have no future. What in the world are we going to do uh, tomorrow? Notice his commission in verse 21. He says, as the Father hath sent me, so send I you. He sent them forth. He gave them a new purpose in life. As the Father sent me. That's not an easy verse for us. Why? Because Christ was sent to go to the cross. And didn't he reveal that to us? He said, if anyone come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. In this world, we will have trials. We will have tribulation. There will be times when we feel like we're on the cross in a sense. But in it all, we have the hope that there's a reason for it. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, uh, it, it, he, in verse 1, he encourages us to endure with patience the race that is set before us. You know what we don't like about that verse that little word, patience. We'd we, we just assume the race be over and we'd be home with Christ in, in glory. That would be great. But we're not there yet. But then it goes on to say he despised the cross. Why? He suffered the shame. Why? For the joy that was set before him. The joy of knowing that someday he would share his glory with us. Someday we would be able to spend eternity in heaven with him. I think, as I think of that, the story of, I believe it was Michelangelo, the, the great painter that, as, or, or no, it was Rainier, actually. As he approached the end of his life, his hands were crippled up with arthritis. It was very difficult to paint. And yet, in spite of the pain, he continued to paint. And somebody asked him once, why? Why do you continue painting when it, it, it hurts so much? And he looked at his friend and he very simply said, the pain passes, the beauty remains. And that's where we're at today. Sometimes we're in the midst of the pain, the heartache, the the, the struggles. But someday it's going to be gone and the beauty will remain. They had a new purpose in life and God sent them forth as he sent Christ into the world. And then having been sent forth, verse 22 They had new power as well. So they had peace, they had a purpose, and they had the power to fulfill that purpose. Later, uh, 50 days, 47 days later, they would be in the upper room when the Holy Spirit came upon them. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. You shall be my witnesses in all the world there. They had the power through the indwelling presence of the Spirit to carry out the commission that God had given to them. We go not in our strength today. We don't go in our ability. We go in his power. John chapter 15 says, without me, in verse 5, without me, you can do nothing. We can't do it alone. But I like the other side of the coin, Philippians 4.13, where Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He gives us the power to accomplish what it is he has asked of us in in, verse 23 is a tremendous privilege there we have the opportunity to carry the gospel message to others and if they accept that their sins are forgiven in in second corinthians chapter 5 it speaks of the fact in all things now all these things are from god who reconciled us to himself through christ and gave us what the ministry 
of reconciliation. He has entrusted that ministry to us, namely that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting the trespasses against them. He has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God was entreating through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He has commissioned us to be ambassadors, to carry the message of salvation to the world in which we live. You and I have been given a work of eternal significance. We can't do it ourselves, but he doesn't ask us to do it ourselves. He gave us his Holy Spirit to enable us to do that. As I think of, as we looked at the life of Mary, and then we looked at here at Peter and John, the question that comes to mind is, are you living in darkness or are you looking at the dawn? Where are you at in life? Are you living in fear and doubt or has the, the light of the truth of the word dawned upon you? Are you rejoicing in his peace? Are you allowing his power to change and transform you? Have you moved from darkness to dawn? Now, if you have ex- haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you're still in that darkness. You need to come to the light. You need to ask him to forgive your sin, to come into your life, and let that light begin to dawn in your hearts and your life. I'm going to assume, though, that most of you have made that decision. But I wonder, as you think about that, are you living in light of the fact that Jesus Christ is resurrected? Are you letting the power of his resurrection change your life? Does it show in your attitudes? Does it show in your habits? Does it show in the way you treat one another? Remember he said, love one another as I have loved you. Are you, you may feel justified in reacting the wrong way, but you're not. The power of his resurrection is real today. He wants to change and transform your life and heart. And so if you've been living as if Christ does not exist or isn't resurrected, you need to stop and ask for his forgiveness for those areas where you've been walking contrary to what he expects you to do as a child of God. Don't make excuses for it. Don't blame your parents. Don't blame society. If you're not walking in the power of his resurrection, it's your fault. It's there. It's available to us today. Do you have some need that you need some care that you need to bring to him today? Lord, I've messed up. Lord, I haven't forgiven my brother. Lord, I've treated my brother or sister wrong. Do you need to come to Christ and say, Lord, I need your forgiveness. I want your power to change and transform my heart and life. Are you living as if he is alive today? Have you gone from darkness to dawn? Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for the reality of your resurrection. As we think of that, Father, we think of the reality that it's not just salvation that's so critical and so important for us to know our sins are forgiven, but it's also about being changed and transformed and made into the image of Jesus Christ. So give us the courage to take a long, hard look at our own hearts, not somebody else's, but our own, and ask, is there an element of darkness there that needs to be dealt with? 
Are we still walking in darkness or are we allowing your power to change and transform our heart? And we give you the opportunity to do that in our lives. Reveal to us any need that may be there. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.